think this is a better angle. This is a much better angle. Maybe that's why you're louder than me. 32.8 degrees. Don't talk about the podcast. Don't talk about the podcast. I'm an alcoholic. We're calling it that, right? GIFs? Is that yeah. where we're going with that? Yeah. Um, Don't look at GIF horse in the mouth. Our style guide says Oxford commas and GIFs. Oxford GIF. Got it. We use Oxford GIFs. Oh, oh, little brother. Okay, so there's a Denny's on one corner and I have on the other. Oh, little brother. How I pine for you. It's funny to me. It's just not, what's the word? Usable. Yeah. to welcome you all to General Geekery. Specifically, I am welcoming you to... It's a podcast. That it is. I'm Lou. I'm Ben. Just in case it isn't clear, you are welcome to be here. That is, at General Geekery, specifically. It's a podcast. I'm Lou. I'm Ben. He's stuck in an infinite loop, and I'm an idiot. So, uh, I've determined that at work... Uh, my job has been reduced uh, through automation, right? Uh, my job has essentially been reduced at this point to getting into company chat and posting uh, memes from, you know, the Simpsons. And apparently it's a valuable position because I haven't been laid off yet. I keep looking, but they keep paying me and I keep working. So uh, something has made my job even easier. And I'm afraid even that is going to get automated away. Wait, so let me guess. Uh yeah, you Photoshop. You know, I used to have to use that. I don't anymore. Uh, hand-drawn drawings. Uh, Those I still do, but are vastly underappreciated. Um, uh, 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 oil. Um, Rule of threes, man. Last guess. <laughs> uh, paint on the wall of Laszlo Caves. Maybe if I interpreted those really well. Okay. I Which could actually, you know, justify something. No, you, you, I think you've saved my career. You've missed what is about to make me lose my career, but I think you may have saved it. Mm. So I thank you for that. There is this great site called Frankie Yak. Fr- Frankie Yak? Frankie Yak. Frankie Yak. Just like uh, Professor Frank, which is fitting because it is just about every Simpsons episode they've taken. They've taken a video, cut it into uh, every tenth or two tenths of a second uh, clips. So they take out little screenshots every second, uh, tenth of a second or two tenths of a second. They've synced the whole episode up to the script. So you go to Frankiac, you start typing in a quote from The Simpsons, and it starts pulling up screenshots that are linked to whatever that quote will hit. So as you start typing, you know, it's going to be a lot of episodes. As you get it refined down, you're going to see several clips from that segment. So you can click through to any of them, pull them up, and then you can add your quote, you know, the quote from The Simpsons as it is in the whatever their reference is. Originally, just pull the exact text off of the, yep. off, off the clip, just verbatim. Here's this, this capture of a moment in time yep. that, that's applicable to what you're going to post on. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can change it too if you want to, but you can pull it right out of the transcript. Which is a world of opportunity. Like, right. I mean, like, in, okay, so, so let me, let me get this right. So 
whenever your mind, I'll use yours specifically, takes every situation oh that's ever around you at all times, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, this is like an episode of The, of the Simpsons. So it's like that. But you can even take each of those moments and think and break down not just the audio and the visual, but in your mind, you're like, there's this really good shot of Mr. Burns doing this. And it'd be really funny if I took my thing that I'm talking about and put my words on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it even helps you. you I, the problem is you need to know the, the quote you're looking for. But if you get close enough, it'll smooth it right over. The next nice thing about it, they decided that wasn't good enough. How could you possibly take that up? It feels like you, this, that feels comprehensive. It is comprehensive. Um, but the problem is there's, uh, there's a third dimension to this. You've got, your, you've got your length, you've got your height. You don't have depth because it's not 3D, but you can go through time. So they introduced animated GIFs and you can now pick your start point, your end point, Put your meme over it and it will do up to like four ish seconds of any Simpsons episode that you can find, stitch it all together for you. Point and click interface. Here's where it starts. Here's where it ends. Here's the text I want on it. Wait a few seconds. There it is. The automation of things like that is, is incredible to me. And I'll use the, the iOS as a version of it, even though the new iOS, I, it's sure. not great. iOS 10 is not awesome. Um, well, this sounds like a whole other segment. This is the, yeah, so we're not going to get down that much. But the automation of these things, what I'm going to say is how much more efficient it makes it. Old man bitchin'. But it's like a, uh, iOS 10 with the automation of these things. And, you know, I say earlier when you're like, oh, dude, it's like using Photoshop and that sort of thing. Photoshop has a thing where you can make your own GIFs. Yep. We're calling it that, right? GIFs, is yeah. that where we're going with that? Yeah. Um, Don't look at GIF horse in the mouth. But we could, that, that is a whole other segment that we could... We're not getting into that argument. It's not worth it. Not getting into that argument. Our, st- our style guide says Oxford commas and GIFs. Oxford GIF. Got it. We use Oxford GIFs. So used to, you could make, and still can with Photoshop, you can make your own GIFs. And it, it took time and it took... It took editing, it took this and framing and cropping and making everything look coherent between all the, all these sorts of things. And now you can just do it. You can just yeah. make, you just exactly what you said, drag, drop, click, beginning in four seconds. Here you go. Boom. It's on Twitter. And it's free. And it's free. Yeah. So with the new iOS and like I used to do some movies in like iMovie and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, iMovie is really nice. And iMovie is really nice, but some of the earlier incarnations of it took so long oh, to yeah. get something up. You move it here and it's here and then it's not here and it's here and then the computer wouldn't be able to keep up. So there's like lag mm-hmm. and so you're offsetting like, like people's voices aren't matching the audio track and it's lagging here and it's doing all this sorts of things. The new iOS, I saw a thing that's called People. And it's okay. where there's a facial recognition program that oh, like recognizes uh-huh. faces yep. and it shows some pictures. They're like, we know that definitely this, this person are these other 10 pictures. And then you go to the bottom and it says, add other, like add more photos of this person. Mm-hmm. And it goes through all of your photos, all your I, iCloud photos. If you have that set up and it goes, is this that same person? Is this that same person? Is this that same person? And so you go through all of it. And then after it's put all that together, at the little top, there's a play button. It goes, would you like us to make a slideshow for you? And you hit play, and it's like, here's huh. your slideshow. And it's like, do you want to title it something? And you just type in a title. And it's like, oh, okay, here's this, the slideshow from this place. And you can type in a place. Yeah. So it'll be like, oh, here's your slideshow from when you went to Zoo Atlanta. And it puts it together for you with a little backing track. It's like, do you want you know calm music or exciting music or or acoustic music and all that sort of thing? And you just, in literally three clicks. Something from your garage just, band? <laughs> 
<laughs> that you custom made. <laughs> you just go click, 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 and it puts it together and goes, here, look at this. Somehow it times everything together really well. It has good pacing. The music and the transitions all match together. You have any idea how long it took me to get transitions and music oh, yeah. to work together in old versions of GarageBand. And then now at this point, we just go, oh, here it is put all together. Oh, yeah. Like six, eight years ago, easily it was like an hour for a minute of footage. Like it took forever. Now, do I want to sit down and edit it? Well, yeah. I mean, I probably would like to have the the editing quality. But the ease of use of that, mm-hmm. the fact that it's just there, that we have websites like like this with Simpsons. Automation is really nice uh, because one of the things that, and I believe uh, iOS is the same feature on Android, you can do burst photography. You hold down the button, it shoots a bunch of pictures. It then also makes a GIF out of it. And we went, uh, I was out with some uh, people from work recently at, uh, at a place that was four miles from the Utah border in Colorado. I was like, I've never been four miles from a border in my life that I haven't crossed. So we're crossing this border. Got in some bikes and went out, crossed the border, and took a video of a friend of mine, or a burst shot of a friend of mine, uh, like, you know, doing a cartwheel across the state border. It looked awesome. Now, what I didn't, what we were hoping to catch is like a perfect cartwheel, like, you know, handstand kind of thing right on the border. What we didn't expect, because I didn't know this would happen, I never used the burst mode, is that it took all of those together, made a GIF out of it, and it looked, it looked amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I didn't have to do anything. You know, we shared it in company chat, and I was on a day where everything was going wrong, and we just barely managed to get the border and then get back before we died of being frozen from sweat in the desert at night. But yeah, you know, I just on a day where everything was all kinds of screwed up and getting there was so hard, but I insisted I had to go anyway. Just having that thing pop out as a gift right away without me having to do anything. It was, it was a magic that um, not only has automation made my life easier, it's added magical moments like that. The Brothers Chaps mm-hmm. were at a design conference recently that one of my coworkers went to. Uh-huh. They released a new Homestar Runner video. Oh, well, they just had the thing for the, the anniversary of Homestar Runner. They did a Homestar Runner concert. Yeah. I and, don't know anything about it. I, I just know they I, did it. I looked at it. I looked at it because my friend told me about it and I just, I can't remember what it was was going on, but it was like, no. The, inter- the internet told me it was good. Do you, do you realize they've been out for 20 years? 20 years was the 20 year anniversary. That's why they were doing yeah. the whole concert. I and hadn't realized that until I, until and I of course that. you're famous for being on Homestar Runner. You this were one of the letters yeah. that were, uh, uh, that were answered Lucy. Yeah. In fact, you so know what? I, 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 not I don't, was it answered. <laughs> so here I'm, uh, boop, boop, boop. Lou toots his own horn. Not only was it answered, it became a recurring theme. It became a recurring theme. So much so that I think that people should at least know what's going on. So play that tape. Oh, I took the email to the market and I bought in some kind of fish sauce. Hello, strong bad. I'm a long time watcher, first time writer. Ooh, an MCWFTW. I was just wondering if you ever used a stunt double. You're whatever. Louis. 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 A stunt double? No way, Lucy. Only big wusses and lesser wimps use stunt doubles. I've always done my own stunt work. Check me out in this summer blockbuster we just finished. It's called Dangerous 2. This time, it's not Dangerous 1. No. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> you know, I sent in two emails. That was not the one I wanted answered, but I'm so happy they answered that one. Making movies 
I was thinking about this. Making movies, particularly you and I are big fans of like 90s movies, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Making movies in that time, especially pre-90s, like 80s and 70s, and there's a specific reason I use Ooh, that because okay. there's a technological advancement that I think has made movies more difficult to make after the mid-late 90s. Really? So, it's made it more difficult? Yeah, plot-wise. Oh, okay. Like, like, you know, not from a technology standpoint. Of, I mean, the cameras are oh, better. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Moving things around. Like, you can get drones, and people can fly drones, and it looks like you've paid for a helicopter for the day to fly a drone, like, past something, that sort of thing. Movie plots in the mid-'90s and earlier, there were no cell phones. The, the thing that came to my mind, and this is a weird way to get there, but the thing that came to my mind were the movies where you would have a situation like... Someone says, hey, I've kidnapped your, your girlfriend or your wife. You need to be at the payphone at the corner of 3rd and Main mm -hmm. at 3 o'clock. There's and a five-gallon jug and a three-gallon jug. You don't, damn it, you beat me to it already. <laughs> I swear to God. Sorry, it's the best example. I swear to God that's in this. It's not my fault that you're so awesome. So, like, get there or or your significant other dies. And yeah, you're exactly right. You got there before I got there. But all I could think of, the first thing I thought was, was Die Hard with a Vengeance with the damn five-gallon, three-gallon <laughs> jug, and you can't spill a drop. And they're both sitting here reasoning through it like a Mensa test. And all I can think is, why don't you pull out your phone and just Google it? It's, yeah. I mean, as, as soon as you type in five-gallon jug, it's going to come up and three-gallon jug. Uh, it'll Google auto landfill. and Yeah, just, just record what people are saying. You realize, oh, his name is Zeus. I get it. Possible options here instead of Jesus. But think about all the things that would be so totally different, like speed. The movie Speed would never happen. Oh yeah, they could have just reflashed the uh, Tesla bus and slowed it down. Well, yeah, that's and it's something that um, that there's been there's been opinions both sides on. But even in the comic community, you know, it used to be visually in a small, especially if you're doing something that's like a newspaper style comic. Um, as the newspapers have shrunk, we've kind of assumed that we, oh, there's a lot of comics out there that are newspaper style comics. They're doing these small strip formats, these small boxes. You have a limited amount of real estate, so if you put a newspaper in front of someone. I mean, nobody today knows what a newspaper is, but if you put a newspaper in front of someone 15 years ago, they're reading the news. If you put a telephone in someone's hand, no one knows what a telephone is anymore, but they're talking on the telephone. Now you have this little flat thing in front of them. Are they playing a game? Are they talking on a telephone because they're doing video conferencing? Yeah, you know, yeah. What are they doing? Are they looking something up? Are they reading the news? It becomes, uh, you, have to, you have to find other creative ways to tell that story. Also, the other side of it is that like in these movies, especially action movies, whenever something happens, mm -hmm. you've got these big, this big crowd of people around, but somehow the bad guy like seems to, to get away. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. And like the whole crowd is around there looking right at the individual and then they get away. It's never going to happen because everyone in the crowd is immediately going to pull out their phones. You know, timely. Camera. Yeah. Timely. New York City is actually really looking into this now. It's been something that has been discussed recently, especially through 911 systems, things like that, but particularly um, emergency alert system. Um, the automated, not EAS that you get on your TVs, the automated alert systems that are coming to uh, cell phones now. You know, you get that amber alert for something like 500 miles away, and you're like, why am I getting this? Yeah. Right. What they want to do, <clears throat> all it can do is it has a limit of something like 100 characters. It's not even as long as a tweet. Um, because there's a certain amount of research that says if you want to interrupt somebody shorten to the point, but they want to talk about slightly longer, not too long, maybe about tweet length. So they're talking about 50% increase. They also want the ability to include, uh, media, small, basically MMS like texting, but small messages. And the idea is if you have a super villain 
who has set off like a bunch of bombs. I just watched uh, London Has Fallen. You know, you got a supervillain who set off a bunch of bombs and orchestrated this whole thing and you know who he is and you got a picture of him. Why not send that to people in the push notification, basically? That specific example is actually something that, you know, we're looking into from an emergency services infrastructure. But, you know, if these are all the things we're looking at with all this technology that's pervasive now, you can really short circuit so many plots and you can, you, it's harder to tell the story visually from just someone looking at their phone anymore, what exactly you're doing with it. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It opens up new challenges, but yeah, man, it, it short circuits so much stuff. No, you're right. Big brother's watching. And so are we. This is a great moment to uh, thank all of our listeners at the NSA sponsoring this podcast by keeping us on the air mm-hmm. and, uh, not, actively taking us off when uh when this podcast stops updating you know we've been uh, extradited to some third world hellhole usually it's a first world country but I, there's a hellhole in the first world country usually i'm thinking they send us to europe or maybe even great britain europe there's a lot of extradition to uh little dark places in europe so when this podcast stops up uh, stops updating remember all of you out there who have a special set of skills we've been taken okay so another this, this isn't going to go in the podcast this is me bitching for a second I update to the new iOS. That's mm-hmm. not a problem. I also have auto updates done on my phone. Maybe this is going to be a thing. I have auto updates done on my phone. So, so you don't that, get that notification anymore? Well, no, no, no. It's what it does is that, okay, so normally an app doesn't update all that often. Mm-hmm. Maybe once a week if it's a lot, but once a month, usually an app Oh, okay. Updates. I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. But like, think about when Instagram updated and they changed the Instagram logo and everybody like lost their shit. The mm-hmm. Instagram logo is no longer like the old Canon camera looking thing. And then everyone still uses it. And everyone still uses it. Well, when the new iOS came out, I was like, sure, I'll go to the new iOS. And when I did that, everyone's like, oh shit, we got to update like all of our uh, apps to match the new OS. And a lot of them, as they were doing it, just were like, hey, let's change up the logo a little bit or let's just invert the colors and things <laughs> like that. So I've got like four apps that are blue and white. And every time I try to go use Trello, it's like, okay, do I want to use Trello, Mail, Dropbox, Shazam, Square, CBS, why I have that, I don't know, Handbid, because I guess I'm going to go to some sort of charity event and buy something <laughs> remote for my Apple TV that I can't use because I don't have the original remote so I can set up the remote on my phone. So the app on my phone is absolutely what? useless. And Amazon. You're a fan of sci-fi, right? Am I a fan of sci- Yes. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't even finish that one. <clears throat> uh, here's an even better way to look at this. If you want to start a fight in a bar at Comic-Con or Dragon Con, or any of your major cons. I think you could you could start it with this. Walk in and say, you know what the fastest ship in the universe is? Oh my God, yes. Tables flip, drinks are thrown. Because right because, now... Because I already know what the fastest ship in the universe is, and if someone disagrees with me, they are not my friend. Uh, you think you know. Oh no, I know. You know you know? I know, I know. Okay, I, it's, I, I hope to get to the end of this, and I hope that you're right. I, I hope that there's another episode of this podcast. If you think right now and you're like, okay, all of sci-fi, all of movies, all of this, we're going to take, we're going to take, even TV, we're going to take a a pretty wide gamut right now. It's like, what is the fastest ship in the universe? And then you start thinking, you're like, ah, it seems like an easy answer. At least a couple of the answers seem easy, but there's some that would never come to my head. And some of them are like, okay, well, I think I know how fast this is but I'm not sure how fast this is. Sure. Yeah, like we know what light speed is. We know like, but what is like, what's ludicrous speed? What speed is ludicrous speed? 
Well, I know, I, I know, I know the fastest ship in the universe, okay. but it does come into a very interesting question. Mm-hmm. What are the relative speed of ships? How fast are they comparatively? And uh, as we've talked about before, when you're in science, science fiction, something that distinguishes it from say like space opera or something like that, which are also futuristic, but are different genres. And importantly, so they've overcome certain technical hurdles, but not others. And those technical hurdles are important. You can travel at a certain light speed. You can teleport instantly to a planet, but you can't teleport instantly across interstellar distances. Like there are these constraints that are important. So it actually, it it does make for a very interesting question about relative problems and how the series evolve. Okay, and I, I still stand by. I know what the fastest ship okay, in the galaxy is. Okay, so we'll get there. So to that point, and that's an excellent point. The people that, or these people that have way more time than we have, that have come up with what has yet to be disputed as the definitive fastest ships ranked. Ah, the fact checkers of general geekery. Of course, uh, uh, in the universe. So, but you talk about the math. So we're going to kind of use a jumping off point here. Um, the makers of, of this whole list considered a little bit of math when they did this. Um, so, for example, we, we'll use Eagle 5 from Spaceballs. So Eagle 5 from Spaceballs is said to be going 1,500 light leagues per minute. Light okay. leagues? Light leagues. So like with all, all these different metrics, they're pulling what has, uh, uh, within context clues, like what was that? Was that, from, was that from the movie? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. okay. I don't yeah, remember that from, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't either, okay. but I don't know the whole, the whole script. Yeah, hey, well, what um, are you going to do? 1,500 light leagues per minute. A league is a distance a man can walk in a day. So again, we're using very yeah, vague. highly variable. Yeah. How fast can you walk in space? Yeah. Um, uh, highly variable, but relatively... Irrelevant once you get to space travel at faster than light speed. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, so a league is the distance man can walk in a day. If a light league is the distance light can go in a day, Eagle 5 can travel at 90,000 times the speed of light, unless Lone Star has a bottle of liquid torch. Um, oh. So, Spaceball 1 can go faster. Oh, of course. Because they've space- gone to Plaid. So how fast is Plaid? So Spaceball 1, in, in the parlance of this example, right. can attain a new speed definitely faster than light speed after engaging ludicrous speed for one minute and five seconds of movie time. So now, again, we're kind of crossing this thing, but we're using some math here. Right. One minute, five seconds of movie time. Barf says Spaceball 1 must have overshot the space RV by a week and a half. This says our top speed oh. by that math. That makes Spaceball 1 moving at 1,360,000 C, the speed of light. Did I say that right or did, or did yeah. I miss that? Um, uh, I mean, you said 360,000. It's 1,360,000,000. Yeah, I know. I'm the ball buster here. So, so C, uh, we're talking C speed of light, right? So this graphic actually starts with, yeah, actually, I love where it starts. It starts with Voyager 1. So we start with things that we actually have a premise of. So it's moving at zero acceleration. It's giving you an idea of like, it's just floating through space. And, and I think this is important to point out that um, they have these categorized differently. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about faster than light ships so far. Mm -hmm. The relativistic ships are all a bit different and they describe their acceleration. Yes. Instead of their like top speed, which is a bit different, but it kind of gives you an idea of what's going on. Well, I think the the perfect thing to look in here is that they are, they, they go ahead and put right up front. The DeLorean is that it doesn't list it at the speed. It's not listed at 88 miles an hour or time travel or anything weird like that. It listed as its acceleration. So, so basically a third of a G. Mm -hmm. So that is an interesting distinction. Some of the other ones that that pop in there, I mean, Serenity's in there, 4.2 G's. 
again, I guess that gives an idea of acceleration as an aspect of speed. So mm-hmm. it's going to be like, okay, well, here's an aspect of some speed of some of these ships. Uh, a TIE fighter is going to be four Gs, um, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you know, what's you know, what's funny about all this to me. There's a large list. There's a list. There's a large list of ships, um, not all of which are fictional. Obviously, everything above uh, faster than light is, but they do include things like the space shuttle, things like that. The DeLorean uh, Voyager one listed as the slowest in a relativistic category by G forces. The only one to actually leave the solar system. The the tortoise of these hairs. Yes, it is the one that actually won. But yeah, no, this is it's. So, but nobody wants to talk about the space shuttle or cars going at, a, at accelerating to 88 miles an hour or anything like right. that. Let's get into the fun stuff. So I assume that uh, you have not been a big fan of the relaunched Battlestar Galactica. That's, you know, the, the Battlestar aspect of this, I totally missed out. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not on the inside of that. I'm on the outside looking in. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised, honestly. Oddly enough, I'm going back to relativistic ships. The Cylon Raider, electronics, all robots, right? Toasters is the slur you use for uh, Cylons in the new Battlestar Galactica. The Cylon Raiders can pull 7.5 Gs. The Colonial Viper Mark 7s out of Battlestar Galactica, human staffed, they can pull 9 Gs, which is for any sustained amount of time, that's a lot of Gs for a human being to pull. That's pushing some human boundaries. Yeah, no, I absolutely. You would think you would think the, the you would think the robots would be able to do more. I'm kind of disappointed. What's up, robots? But yeah, let's jump back into the faster than light because yeah, that's that's where I really started to get uh, yeah. interested. The the first thing that jumped out to me, I mean, you know, alien and things like that. Like like the alien ship seems to be pretty low on the uh, on on the speed. Prometheus, yeah, the exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah they seem to be slow. pretty low on this. But oh, you know, one of the things I never realized that I appreciate about the uh, and then by the, the way, and by the way, to say slow, so we have a good idea here. We're talking about upwards of two hundred and seventy one uh, times the speed of, uh, the speed of light essentially. Yeah. You know, slow. So let's see 271. So we're talking like, you know, two months out to like Alpha Centauri or something. Y- yeah. Yeah. I was probably closer to three months, I guess, but whatever. Let me see 22 over seven. I think that's right. Yeah. Carry the one. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so these are the slower ships on the list uh, for the aliens. But one of the things I, I never realized I appreciated was the, uh, Nostromo. Powered by Rolls-Royce engines. Oh, yeah. No, it's a sponsored ship. Right? Like, we still have, you know, if, the... If Alien Alien was a movie like on TV, like a TV movie, like our, our Knight Rider movie that we like so much, mm-hmm. if it was a made-for-TV movie, every commercial break would be the, the kind of thing they do on like Hulu and Netflix, <laughs> where, it's the, where it's the exact same thing brought to you by Rolls-Royce. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. When you don't want to be a space jockey, you drive... A Rolls Royce. The, the 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 one piece of technology that always bothered me about aliens, uh, alien, alien, the yeah. whole the series was the one thing that bothered me is the part that seemed the least forward looking and in retrospect is the part that least holds up. Which I think series it still holds up. Those CRT monitors, like no one thought that monitors would be flat. I assume the thought process is this: where you go, okay, what will computers be able to do? In the future, it's like, oh, it can calculate all these things. We'll go at the speed and we'll we'll get to Alpha Centauri and, you know, like just this short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the screen's going to look like, well, the screens, they just, they look like screens. Of course they look like screens. But the computer, the computer, that's what's interesting. Right. Because no one, no one hires a UX designer to look at this and say, how would you interact with the computer? And now that we have CG, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to wear 
gloves and like new hand gestures and everything's like there's I can't think of a future series now unless they have a low budget it doesn't have like holographic displays and stuff no to that same point I wonder why there's not somebody going now like why are they gesturing your hands like idiots masturbating with a computer just just think of it and just make it happen just put on a headset and think of it and of course the computer is going to respond to you why aren't you just talking to a computer like you do Siri why would you why would you use your hands like some sort of imbecile I mean you have to use your hands that's like a baby's toy. Now we have these like, oh man, look at this futuristic thing. It's a holographic display. So we're still using displays? Like really, you can't come up with anything better. All you're doing is you're shrinking the display. Like it's the pendulum has swung the other way. It used to be, we're always going to have CRTs. Now it's like, the panel's so thin, it's not even there. It's a hologram. It's like, oh God, seriously? We're still doing that? We're still doing displays? So what? what Why is this not beamed to my phone? Well, speaking of beaming. Um, hey yo. Hey yo. That's called a segue. Not really. We're still on the same subject. Is right below that. Love segues. Travel up to like 19 miles an hour when you have the red key. You can buy them at Sam's now, by the way. What? Have you not seen this? No. This is going to be a different segment. I promise we'll return to this. I promise. Uh, You can buy a segue. And here's the thing. Here's what's funny. You want to talk about a technology coming in and a technology going out is you go into Sam's and like right next to the kiosk, which is a third party kiosk for like phones and tablets and stuff like that. Right after that is the DVD slash CD aisle. And obviously they're not selling that many DVDs and CDs, but go right figure. next to it is a, is a big stand up display and it's like a miniaturized version of a Segway. So instead of the handlebar that comes <laughs> up, it's like a little mini seat that goes between your legs. No. And you can buy a Segway. Okay. I, I promise wow. we'll come back yeah. to it some other time. No, no, I'm already writing the jokes for this. No, but what I was going to say um, is... That, that's not fair. Those jokes write themselves. So right below, you know, uh, some of the ships from the Alien and Aliens movies. Here's what's really interesting to me. You've got some of the Star Trek ships. Here's what I really appreciate. The, the slowest one, of course, is from the 1960s version, the, the William Shatner, the Bill Shat, at 512 times the speed of light. And then right... After that, you have the USS Enterprise NCC-1701D. So the TNG is right behind that. The TNG is the second slowest, if we were to look at it that way, of all the Enterprise ships. Do you know what the fastest ship in the Star Trek universe is? So we're going to talk universe for a second. In that universe, do you know what the fastest ship in that universe would be? It's got to be Voyager. Uh, For an Enterprise, it is. But in that universe, the Borg Cube Oh, we are Borg. We are fast. Nice. No, accurate. How much faster than the Voyager? So Voyager's super fast. 1,909 times the speed of light. So to put that in perspective, NCC 1701 D was 1,649 times the speed of light. So we've got 1,600. We've got 1,900. Borg cube. 7,912 times the speed of light. Here's my next thing that jumps out at me on the, this list. The Death Star. Which you wouldn't think is a fast ship. D- I, d- is it? I thought it? I thought it was in orbit. It has to be a fast ship. Don't look at me because I just had that realization of like, yo, my God, you're right. Yeah, you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think that such a large object, it's no moon, right? You wouldn't think that it would be fast. But remember, it destroys Alderaan. Senator Leo Organa tells the you know uh, tells everyone oh yeah it's on Dantooine you want to go to Dantooine for the rebel base no they recognize that it's not important enough a target so we're going to destroy Alderaan because why the fuck not with this huge moon then we're also going to jump in a timely fashion for the film to Yavin 4 where the actual base is I'm going to be honest I don't know how far that is 
I haven't really looked closely at how much time transpires, but I do know that not a lot of time transpires, and I do know that it's an interstellar distance. So I got to say, Death Star, got to be moving pretty fast. Well, it's something I never thought of, especially because the way you see the Death Star like portrayed as like it's slowly making its way around like soon we'll be within sight we'll have yeah. line of sight yep. soon yeah it you has, know, to, yeah, has they, to come around yeah no I, that's exactly the way I so it seems it. like it basically has a, like a trolling motor really i assume yeah. that it just has a five horsepower thing on the front of it just kind of slowly pulling it through space that sort of thing that's what i thought One million one hundred forty-two thousand five hundred times the speed of light not as fast as an imperial uh, two class star destroyer that does make me feel better, though, because you would that, expect the Star Destroyer to be faster. Well, and I mean, yeah, and it, it doubles it. I mean, you're you're at 2.2 million at that point, almost 2.3 million times the speed of light at that point, but not the fastest ship in all of the Star Wars universe. We've looked at the Star Trek universe. What do you think has to be the fastest ship in the Star Wars universe? I have to go with the Millennium Falcon because it made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Less than is, 12 parsecs. Less than 12 parsecs, which is also a measure of distance, not a measure of speed. But that could be a whole separate segment. Well, you got to go fast to get that close to, to, well, to black holes. Right. Like, I, I, honestly, I honestly believe that that is a legitimate measurement for dodging around some black holes. I don't believe that that was intentional from the get-go. I believe that was a complete screw-up in writing originally. But well, it's part of the, the, the quote-unquote like EU type stuff. Yeah, no, it's right, a great right. story. But it also lends to the fact, like, how much did Chewie help with that? Because you got to think that you're right-hand man, but it takes two to fly the Falcon. So it says as much about Chewie as it does to uh, uh, to the ship itself and to Han if it's an aspect of speed and agility. So we talked about Spaceball 1 earlier, and, and, and Spaceball 1 comes in again at 1.3 billion times the speed of light. So we're truly getting ludicrous at this point. Right. So an order of magnitude faster than the Millennium Falcon. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Like a thousand orders of magnitude yes. or three orders of magnitude faster. Yes. Yeah. So there are three ships left on this. And one of these ships, the third one on the list, you are much more than myself intimately familiar with. I have to imagine it's the Planet Express ship. You know this so well. Because the lore around it is so obvious. What makes it so fast? I don't get it. What makes it so fast is there is an episode where they discuss that, and I will leave this as an exercise to the listener in case you haven't watched it. Go watch all the Futurama episodes to figure out which one, because they're all great. But part of the lore is that in the Futurama world, faster than uh, light travel is impossible. So. Yes, it's on the list, right? So how? So that's a ridiculous assertion, faster than light travel. What you do is the spaceship doesn't travel. You just move the universe around you. Sounds like a warp drive. It sounds incredibly like a warp drive. It sounds absolutely ridiculously like a warp drive that is an absolutely ridiculous warp drive. So it seems to me that that's the way to do it. Plus, you also have, um, which is why I have my opinions now, which is why I know what the fastest ship in the universe is. But there is an episode where they go out to the edge of the universe and look at a parallel universe and find out, nope. There's just the two universes. They can get anywhere in the universe really darn quickly because of the magic of moving the universe around them because that seems cool. So I knew that had to be up there. Oh, well, it so, is. So, so what is that? Two or three? 
Uh, that's number three because so, you you have intimate knowledge and we need to go ahead and give the numbers so people listening they're like okay but how much faster is it oh right you know we talked about the Millennium Falcon being nine point uh, nine point one million mm-hmm. um, times the speed of light you move up to Spaceball One which we've already talked about which is one point three six billion times the speed of light and you move to Planet Express at four point nine as I was uh, told uh, that we should round to at four point nine trillion times the speed of light yeah but now you're very you're very familiar with the planet express the next one on the list i'm familiar with okay because you see it's all wibbly wobbly timey wimey the tardis the tardis but here's where i get to have a little bit of a problem let's go all the way back we were talking about the 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 delorean delorean was on this list it was only listed as its g-force it was only listed as g-force which is different than its maximum speed but time seems that it would be an aspect of like time space. They're interconnected. It seems uh, that uh-huh. that yeah. that if one is to maximize the other, that would influence the total value of it. So I'm Ooh. huge simplification here. We're getting into some deep Ooh. physics, and I really hope your sister does not send us. My sister wouldn't listen to this. I don't want actual physicists sending us stuff. But it seems that if something can maximize time and move through time that their speed in one regard would basically be infinitesimal. Well, here's your problem. Now are we relying on the DeLorean doesn't have like any special hyperdrives. The flux capacitor lets it travel through time. The flux capacitor doesn't propel it. It just adjusts its place in space time. So you're getting into a dangerous precedent where you have, say, Star Trek vessels we talked about earlier who are capable of traveling at a certain light speed but have traveled faster. Well, here's what's interesting about this, and I I love that someone has taken the time to look at this. Essentially, what they have derived from this is by maximizing one aspect of speed time, uh, you have that even if one is maximized and the other one is not, Mm -hmm. you've basically hit the fastest possible speed that you can have, barring our ship that's in the number one position. Um, You basically maximize what you have. I don't even know what this speed is supposed to be, Two decimal places beyond 10 or beyond 100 10 trillion. What's beyond trillion? 10 quadrillion. Quadrillion. So that'd, be, so that'd be 10 quadrillion the speed of light. So uh, essentially for this metric, it is maximizing the speed that you can do because it's maximizing at least one aspect of space time. So it is moving through space as fast as you can without instantaneously showing up at another place. The two furthest points in the universe, it can get from one through to the other. So we're not talking time now because time seems to be this instantaneous like drop through. It will traverse the universe from one point to the other within the constraints of not going through time as fast as anything can, except for one ship that you claim to know what it is. I don't claim to know. I know I know. Please. The ultimate question. The ultimate question we're obviously talking about the only ship that could go this fast. Heart of Gold. Because it can get to the restaurant at the end of the universe instantly. That seems improbable. It does seem improbable. Fortunately, it has an improbability drive. So be, ca- be careful of falling petunias. Oh, no. Not this segment again. So here's what I was going to say. The worst jokes are the ones that you have to explain. Oh, I thought you were going to say the ones that I told. No, no, no. You know, jokes like, because it's your dog. Because it's your dog. You know, it's your dog. The best jokes, though, are the ones that happen so quick that, 
like you almost don't know as they happen. The, yeah. Like the people that make the joke, they don't care if you got the joke. They just keep moving on. That's what I like about Arrested Development and TV shows that just they hit the joke, they move on. They don't explain it to you. Well, it really appeals to the if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny thing, right? Like, exactly. It, it, the logical opposite of that is if it lands and you can enjoy it and move on to the next joke then it's really good. And it kind of creates a, a rewatchability, especially like in good, quick, quippy comedies. Like mm -hmm. people are like, that's a great joke. And like, they'll come back to it and it becomes quotable. Cause like, Oh, that was so funny, but not everybody, you know, really caught it on the front end. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a big fan of weird Al. Why? Just cause he's fucking awesome. And I love him so much. So weird Al was doing a concert in New York. I think it was, he was doing the song Yoda. So Yoda, Yoda, so he's doing the song and something that happens so quickly, I think most of the people in the audience never knew that it happened. Is it a reference to how fast the uh, X-Wing fighter travels? No, but that's interesting. That's a good tie-in. Uh, get it? Tie-in. Yeah. Tie fighter. Oh, 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 See what oh. I did there? We're so clever. You all should listen to us and send us all your money. So he has somebody come out on stage for just the slightest amount of time. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's interesting. And people in the audience were probably like, that's really neat that that guy came out on stage for just a second. No, the uh, the person who came on stage just for a moment, just for a tiny touch, is a guy by the name of Lynn manuel Miranda. Oh, gee, are you kidding? Other people know him as Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> so, and he's just like, oh, hey, Lynn manuel uh, Miranda is like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll go to the cities we have to go to. We'll show up where we have to show up. We'll, we'll do our thing. And apparently Weird Al is like, no, I have enough money that you'll just show up for a few seconds. And he's like, yeah, fuck. No, why not? So here's the deal, because he, like like uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is so cool. Apparently when he was a kid, he went to go see uh, Weird Al because he's just as fun as we are. And he remembers being like in the upper deck with his friends, just screaming out the words to Yoda, you know, as a kid. And somehow they got hooked up. And so... It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like, ladies and gentlemen, and now bring to the stage, we're gladly going to welcome Lin-Manuel Miranda from the hit musical Hamilton. No, no. It happened so fast that if you weren't paying attention, you would never know it happened. And it happened exactly like this. in the audience everybody sing it okay you guys stop Lin-Manuel which is amazing well I know one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to end this thing so this has been General Geekery specifically it's been going on too long as a podcast I've been Ben I've been Lou may the Schwartz be with you Worse for me, does that work for you? I mean, you know, I wish you were my dad, but yeah, it works for me. Let's talk about the podcast. Oh, nothing's bringing your dad back. If you're <laughs> well, doing sorry this, to hear your dad died. Oh, no, he's alive, he's just doing his thing. No one is derailing the train that is Lou. 
That's why no one works with me. <laughs> no, no, one can, no one can work with you. That was the same pitch. No one can work with you. That's the problem. People only work near you and around you, sometimes for you. And only when forced to. No one works with you. They work at you. This is probably the longest I've ever done a cooperative thing with somebody. So You think this is cooperative? <laughs> yeah. Dantine is the one, not Dantuine. Dantuine? Dantine, I believe. Sounds like the same thing. It does sound like the same thing, doesn't it? One of them has ooh. You're giving the speed for the Planet Express trip, right? Yeah, I was just going to say 4.8 trillion miles an hour. Oh, yeah, that works. That's yeah, all I thank would you. Do. At 4.9. No, fucking round up. God damn it. I'll round up. Fine. Round Jesus. Properly. This is this is This is why we go to counseling. take all those pictures but then put like the most sad morose music you can behind it so basically i'm like oh look at this and you just hand it something to somebody and go is this is this a memorandum in the arms of the angels because you see it's all wibbly wobbly timey wimey the tardis the tardis Your ride will resume momentarily. Please stay seated. Por favor, mantenga se alejado de las puertas.